Today I am here with a remarkable UC Santa Barbara student, Jada Alexander. Jada is a third year undergraduate student studying environmental education and marine studies. She is not only a student, but also an undergraduate researcher, Bren Environmental Leadership Fellow, surf coach, and so much more. I could go on and on with all of the incredible accolades and positions she has held. Jada, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. We are really grateful to have you here. Would you mind introducing yourself with your name, pronouns, and the title you would like to be referred to by? Yes. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. My name is Jada Alexander, and I go by she, her, her pronouns. Perfect. Thank you so much. You've accomplished so much in your time here at UCSB. It is truly incredible. But I wanted to start off by asking you about your experiences prior to college. Did you always know that you wanted to study marine science and has environmental education always been a passion of yours? That's a really interesting question. Um, I think my passion for like environmentalism started when I was really young. During the recession, my dad was laid off his job and basically making the best out of an unfortunate situation my parents decided to take our family on a road trip around the country yeah. <laughs> and just like spend time in national parks. Like everything was our classroom. The outdoors were our classroom. And it was so, so amazing. And I think in that, um, I really built a relationship with the outdoors. And then from there, it was like we were always doing things outside and we were always at the beach and uh, my family used to do a lot of dirt sports. So we would like do dirt biking and ride ATVs. So I was like constantly outside. And then as I got older, I started to surf. And it just, it brought everything together for me. I lived inland. I'm from a small town named Hemet. <laughs> Doesn't have the best reputation. But um, yeah, I would commute like an hour to the beach to go surfing because it just made me so happy. And I just felt so tied to um, the ocean and the environment. And I also, if I felt like it pulled me into the present moment. And mm. it was like my mind and body were present with, you know, just I felt like I was truly experiencing life. And then from there, I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? What better thing to do than to give back to the place, the ocean, which has given me so much peace. Wow. I love that. I love that story. I love how it all started with family. That's so great. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to ask you about your research experience because you've done incredible work, specifically the project you led researching macroalgae through UCLA's Ecology and Evolutionary Biology Department in French Polynesia. What was that project like and what did you learn from that experience? Also, I saw that it involved some scuba diving, if you <laughs> yeah. could explain how that tied into the project. Oh my goodness, boy. So last summer, one of my friends was like, hey, there's this research opportunity at UCLA. It looks like it's right up your alley. Like, you should apply. And then so I was just super busy with like school and everything. So I basically put off the application to the very last minute. So the day that it was due, I was working on it and I turned it in one minute before it was due. And I was like, you know what? Like, we'll see what happens, you know? And then I get an email like a month later from Dr. Paul Barber. And it was like, you've been accepted into the diversity project. I was like, oh my goodness. So now I have to like learn more about exactly what I'm going to be doing, like what's happening. And then they're like, okay, so we're actually going to be shipping you out to Morea French Polynesia to be doing your own research with a team of undergrads. And we're going to be guiding you and you're going to get scuba certified and um, scientific diver certified and just kind of all of these things that I didn't expect. So we go to UCLA, we get certified, 
do the rest of our training in Maria, and then we dive directly into doing a research project. And boy, like the entire experience was so uncomfortable because you're in a new place with new people doing a completely new thing, and there's a lot of pressure. But it is one of the best experiences that I've had in my entire life, and it has significantly contributed to my success um, today and probably, you know, for the rest of my life because I got the opportunity to do my own research projects. What interests me, I got to design it. I got to produce it. And now I'm in the process of writing the manuscript for it along with a few other people that were on my team in Maria. And that's just an opportunity that most people don't get. And it has definitely launched me in the right direction. And now I'm considering going to a doctoral program directly after undergrad. And it's like a year ago, like a year and a half ago, I would not have been thinking about that at all. (laughs) So it definitely has made a very, very large impact. And it was cool. We were underwater looking at coral. We were in this water. It was Powerade blue. (laughs) Like it was, it was insane. It was awesome. That's so cool. Wow, I love that. And wasn't it like 10 weeks you had to compact it in a short amount of time? How long was it? Dude, it was insane. It was like we did our entire certification in a week and a half, started our research, data collecting, all of that stuff. And then by the time we presented our research week 10, we had 10 weeks to do the entire shebang. And it was it was wild. It was really intense. We'd play volleyball at the end of each workday because we so were so fun. stressed. <laughs> that's so good. Release the stress. Have some fun. Wow. No, it was super. It was super fun. That sounds like a great experience. Thank you for sharing that. I also wanted to ask you about your research with the We Are Waves project, which supports underrepresented youth. Can you tell me a little bit about the project, its goals, and your role in the research? Absolutely. So actually, I. I took a class, it's Environmental Studies 127. Last year it was taught by Professor Lewin, and there was a TA, and I strongly resonated with her story. She was a black woman, um, she loved surfing, but you know, like I feel like there aren't that many black people in surfing, and it's not like, black people are often told that they don't belong in the water. Mm. And so I was the only black person with this other black person and we had like the same story um so I really connected with her and I was like I would love to talk to you after class and she we chatted for like 30 minutes and then she was like you know what like I have this friend his name's Chris Ragland and he is the founder of the Sea League and it's basically this um this organization that is increasing diversity in ocean sports and you would be a perfect person to be a part of the team and so I started doing that. And then um, Kimiko her, is her name. She's, she was the TA. Um, and then we got closer. And then, you know, after I had already gotten a little bit of research under my belt from my time in Morea, um, we, would, we would chat. And then she basically brought up this research proposal to me. And she's like, hey, like, there's this Schmidt Family Fellowship grant due in, like, a month do you want to do research together? And we were like, of course, I would love to. And then we started designing this project um, that's going to be uplifting the voices of kids of color um, that surf. Often kids of color are not asked what makes them comfortable or uncomfortable in situations. And a lot of organizations say, oh, we want to forge the nature gap. They're checking these boxes of, we have brown people. We're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. 
but really nobody's ever asking these kids like what makes them feel comfortable how they feel and certainly a lot of times these kids their voices aren't being uplifted so that's one of the major goals of this project and Kimiko has taken a really really big um lead on the project and she's using it as a part of her PhD um as a chapter of her PhD so I'm I'm helping her with it um which has been super super amazing um she's she's been doing a wonderful job and I'm very glad to be on her team very grateful for it yeah wow that's such a great project so impactful I love how you talked about how sometimes kids don't have a space to say how they're feeling and you're providing that space for them which is so special um, love that so much. Thank you. And I also wanted to highlight that you were recently accepted into the Long Beach Aquarium of the Pacific 2023 African American Scholars Program, which is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And the program provides professional opportunities as well as funding for research projects. With that, I was wondering if you have any ideas of what your next project will be. I also heard that there might be a children's book in the works somewhere. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so I um, I had the amazing opportunity to apply for this fellowship with the Aquarium of the Pacific, which is one of the best aquariums, um, certainly in California, one of the largest. Um, and I I'm. I applied and I got in um, along with a cohort of other fellows and the Aquarium of the Pacific has given us the opportunity. Um, they've given us connections to, um, you know, everyone that the aquarium is connected to and then also um, financial support in order to help us get through, you know, our research or, you know, maybe a PhD program. Um, and it has been, it's been really essential because I think a lot of people know grad school is really uncertain. You don't know where your funding is going to come from. You don't know where you're going to be living. Like there's so many uncertain things. So it's really nice to have like some kind of security. Like you know that some part of that is taken care of, um, which is really helpful because there's already enough stress in our lives. We don't need the extra, yeah. <laughs> the extra stress along with it. Um, but the aquarium has connected me with some amazing, amazing, amazing people. And, you know, some of which have helped to guide me towards writing my own children's book, which I'm really excited for. I'm definitely still in the beginning stages. Um, I would like to highlight the story of kids that might have gone through a similar path to myself as like a brown person in environmentalism, loving things outdoors, feeling like you don't belong. But really, who's to say that you don't belong? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so I, that's going to be the, um, the goal. So I'm in the process of writing it, writing the outline of the story, which has been really crazy and cool. Um, and I'm really excited to see where this goes. And the aquarium has been helping me a lot. So hopefully I will be able to publish and then they'll be able to sell it in the aquarium, which will be a little full circle moment. That is so cool. We will definitely be keeping our yeah. eyes out for when <laughs> that book is published. That's so incredible. Writing a children's book is such an incredible way to combine creativity with academics. And you're very involved in the academic research world. And I was wondering if there are any other creative outlets you've been exploring during your college experience. My goodness. I actually, I have 
been watching YouTube since I was little. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure exactly what path I'm going to take as like a career for the rest of my life. But I want to ensure that I'm able to do whatever I want and I want to be wherever I want when I want. Love <laughs> that. <laughs> sounds like a lot to ask, but I'm, you know, it's like I'm working hard so that I can get all of those things at the same time. <laughs> Um, and so one thing that I'm exploring is the YouTube world. I am, I created my own channel and I basically have like four vlogs. Nice. And I am vlogging my entire life from what I do research wise to, you know, work to, um, family, living in Isla Vista, having fun with friends and, you know, the fun of traveling. Like I, you know, since I do research, it's like now I'm traveling somewhere every every two weeks or every month so it's been really really fun to have these new experiences and share them with people um and I'm going to be going back to Maria this summer and I'm also going to be going to um Mallorca in Spain so cool that's awesome (laughs) yeah so I'm going to vlog all of that and I'm super excited I feel like it's kind of interesting to look at what do researchers do yeah you know what I mean like what are they actually doing what does the water look like what's this algae, like coral, is there a shark, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, catch me uh, on YouTube. And my YouTube plug is Jada Alexander. Um, no spaces, no dots, <laughs> no capitalizations. Um, yeah, which has been really fun. Thanks for sharing about your YouTube, the vlogs. Is there anything else coming up that we can maybe catch you in and keep up with your story? Yeah, so actually another awesome thing that's going on right now is I'm going to be featured in the next issue of UC Magazine, which I am so, so, so stoked for. Um, I'm going to be featured in the spring edition, and we just had the photo shoot a few weeks ago, and the photos are looking so crisp, um, and they're just kind of telling the story of my experience Um at UCSB and what I've learned and, you know, kind of how my experiences outside of that have shaped who I am and what I'm going to be doing in the future. So, yeah, if you'd like to go check that out, the edition should be coming out in um, a few weeks. So I'm, I'm super excited for that as well. I love that. You do so many different things, which is so cool. So I kind of just want to ask you, this is a big question, but What's the dream going from here? Maybe a dream career? Just where do you see yourself down the road? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I I think my goal for some period of time, I basically, I think you can tell, but I do a bunch of different things because yeah. I have a bunch of different interests. Yeah. And it just seems like I'm doing so much, but it's like I literally love all of these different things and a different way right mm-hmm. um so I kind of want to have 50 different lives I want to do a bunch of different things maybe you know I'm going to be a marine ecologist for a few years um you know who knows maybe I'll be a traveler and just strictly travel who knows maybe I will be just like a yoga teacher for a few years maybe I will um I don't know be an ENT just and it's like just doing whatever you feel is right in that moment is something that I really love But one thing that I see myself doing in the future that I have yet to let go of that I've been thinking about for years is I would like to create my own environmental education school. Whoa, that's so incredible. Yes. I, I, yeah, that's something that I, I just, 
I feel like it encompasses all of my interests and I don't know I think there's a lot of fixing that can be done in the education sector yeah. <laughs> um, and I think environmentalism you know it's obviously very important with all the crises that we're facing but also it's really 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 crucial to people's mental health physical health emotion you know like mm-hmm. all of these things are connected to in the environment and if kids are taught at a young age yo this is important like build this connection embody it yeah. be there and it's like people will take that through the rest of their lives um and that's kind of how it worked for me so i i kind of would just like to share that and i want to you know, I want to make sure that it's equitable. I want to make sure everybody has access to, to the same resources, to the same knowledge, to the same opportunities. Um, and I believe all of that really starts when, you know, kids are young. And it's like not teaching them that this this dream belongs to somebody that's not them. Um, yeah, so that's that's something that I'd love to do in the future. You are truly such an inspiration for so many people. And I was wondering if you had any advice for students interested in education or marine science or for students who are trying to forge a path for themselves in a setting where they aren't necessarily represented. Hmm. I I think I have like three different answers. To okay, perfect. <laughs> so part one, <laughs> imposter syndrome. Mm. It is. It is horrible. It is really bad. And a lot of people experience it. And I feel like you can experience that when you're five years old. You can experience it when you're 80 years old. You can experience it throughout your entire life. And I think it's really important to kind of learn how to overcome those voices because no one who is to tell you that you are not something, you know? Um, And personally, you know, I, I dealt with it when I was younger. Um, And I still deal with it now, um, especially as like an undergraduate researcher. I'm, you know, writing my own manuscript and doing my own research that like I'm not necessarily getting a lot of help with. And it's just like you're doing the work, but it's like, who are you to call yourself a marine ecologist? You know, you're not through all your classes yet. You know, like you're not a doctor. So but it's like I think embracing the process is really important, but also you do not have to be an expert in something to say that you do something. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like surfing, for example, you can surf. You can call yourself a surfer if you go out and you do the thing. You do not have to be perfect. You don't have to be hanging 10. You don't have to be doing all of the crazy stuff to call yourself a surfer. And I feel like a lot of times that's used to gatekeep spaces from people and a lot of times people of color end up facing like the worst part of that um as far as like outdoors like environmentalism and things like that go because you already don't fit the script Mm. (laughs) um so yeah and imposter syndrome um another thing that i did that i would not suggest (laughs) um managing your time managing your time Mm -hmm. is something that is really hard to learn like forever 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 but it is so important my second year of college i partied so hard (laughs) (laughs) like i partied so hard i didn't really go to class as much as i should have I, uh, like, I still got A's, but, like, I I was not, like, in college. It's like Mm -hmm. I was living here, but I wasn't in college. Um, And I was just doing things that were making me happy. I was going climbing. I was going surfing. I was spending time with people that I loved. I was, you know, just living. And it it was so, so amazing. And then I got invited into the research world. And then it overtook my entire life. It's like 
from the second that I woke up to the second I was going to bed, I would be doing research. You know, I, I work in the Steyer lab and I would be in the lab for like 10 hours a day. And it was just so unhealthy. I wasn't doing the things that I liked. I didn't recognize myself anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't recognize like who I was because I wasn't doing things that made me me. Mm. Um, and I think that's, it's really easy to lose yourself um, in your work. And I think it's really important to remember, like, no matter what you're doing, make sure that you show up for yourself first. You know, maybe that's a run. Maybe that's a surf. Maybe that's sleeping in. Maybe that's getting coffee with friends. Maybe that's going out and going to a party. Maybe that's getting up and going to the library. That looks like different things for different people. But regardless, it's very essential to make sure that you're taking care of that. Yeah. And then I, the last piece of advice that I would have is go for it just go do the thing and especially if it's risky and it doesn't make sense go do it that's how you know that you're going to learn something if you if you are somebody that likes comfort or even if you're someone that doesn't really like comfort either way when you're gonna go do something that makes you uncomfortable you're gonna grow so much and it's so much better to do things that make you uncomfortable now and not wait because if you wait, you're probably not going to do it. But also, you're missing out on all that knowledge that you could have used for the next couple years of your life that would have transformed how you live your life, maybe how happy you are, maybe what life decisions you make. And I think that is the biggest lesson that I've learned in my entire life. Yeah, one of my friends, Gotti, and I, we talk about it a lot. And it just seems that when you take risks, you always get a return. And it's mm -hmm. always positive. I love that. And I love that we get to end this on the note of go for it. Yes. Love it. So good. <laughs> thank you for all of your words of wisdom and for taking the time to speak with me today. And thank you to all who tuned in with KCSB News. I'm LV Faust.